0: All right, so we are more than 10 months into the pandemic, and we're in this really critical moment right now where decisions are being made about who should get the first waves of vaccines. And as part of those decisions, California is doing something that's really hard to do. It's considering historical social injustice as part of their vaccine distribution plan.
1: How do you rank the kinds of you know, social injustice that different groups have suffered over the
0: years and over the centuries? A lot of different groups have been screwed over by our government throughout the history of our country. Now community and health leaders are trying to factor that history into who should be first in line for a vaccine. I'm Devin Kadiyama, welcome to The Bay.
1: So in terms of deciding who will get the vaccine first, California has pretty much settled what they're calling phase 1A.
0: April Domboski is a health correspondent for KQED.
1: We've agreed that healthcare workers are the priority. They're on the front lines. They're most likely to be the ones to get sick. There could be bad consequences for the rest of us if they get sick and can't come to work and take care of us. But they're now just starting to move on to the next group, which is essential workers. So, you know, how do we decide among farm workers, grocery workers, restaurant workers, and cooks, people who take care of our dams and other infrastructure those are the next rounds of decisions that the state needs to make
0: so we're talking about now essential workers in this next phase who's deciding who gets the vaccine after you know healthcare workers and after people in nursing homes
1: So California has invited roughly 70 groups to come be part of what they're calling the Community Vaccine Advisory Committee. That includes groups like AARP, the ACLU, the California Medical Association, the California Black Health Network, uh, the California Consortium for Urban Indian Health, the California Rural Indian Health Board. So you can see they're really looking for a broad range of perspectives.
2: We're having this discussion because there will be a limited supply.
1: So, the committee had its first meeting last week, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and it was a three hour meeting. If
2: we had 30 million doses or 60 million doses for 30 million people, then we wouldn't even be having this discussion. Did everyone lined up and did it. So, we really do have to determine how to allocate it given the limited supply.
1: And they had people from the scientific committee come and talk about some of the safety issues, and you know who was most appropriate to receive the vaccine based on you know who's been studied so far. Um, they had a, a long conversation about you know healthcare workers and who among healthcare workers should get the vaccine first, and then they they opened up for questions. They asked you know members of the committee to uh, raise any concerns they had.
2: So we're going to start with Virginia Hedrick from the California Consortium of Urban Indian Health.
1: And there was an interesting comment that came from Virginia Hedrick.
2: I'm all for the numbers and tables and facts. um, But it's also really important that we bring a a historical injustice to the conversation and um, political relationships that tribes in the state of California are uh, nations within nations, that there is absolutely a political relationship between tribes and the state of California. And that has to be acknowledged, recognized and included in uh, distribution processes.
1: Even though at this meeting they were talking about healthcare workers, she was starting to look ahead and say, OK, you know, once we start talking about the next groups, I just want to flag for you that, you know, we think American Indians should be given priority, not just because they've been hit disproportionately hard by the pandemic, but also because of historical injustice.
2: I think um, what I haven't heard today in terms of equity is uh, looking at historical injustice and historical interactions with California's first people, with the indigenous people of this, of this state, and who do we want to be in this advisory committee as we look at how the state of California and how the federal government treatment was to American Indian people during this pandemic, and, and what was that treatment uh, in the last pandemic, just more than 100 years ago, and at time of first contact when pandemics were brought to this uh, island.
0: Let's talk about that. What does she say about historical injustice and and why this should translate to being one of the first in line for the vaccine?
1: I called her and asked her about it. And she said, well, you know, let's go back to the first
3: white European settlers who came to North America. When people landed on our shores, they were not the healthiest. They had already been exposed to a lot of infectious disease during their months of travel. She then referred to
1: historical reports of white settlers intentionally infecting American Indians with contagious diseases, the stories of American, you know, governments distributing blankets that were infected with smallpox to
3: tribal communities. When we think about, like, the historical injustice of this nation, of California, isn't now the time to say that For the first time, we prioritized indigenous people.
1: Now we're in 2020 and we have a whole new pandemic. Now's the time to address those historical wrongs, those historical injustices, by prioritizing Native Americans when a vaccine that can prevent
3: this fatal disease. We just need that to be part of the narrative as part of our own healing, right? As part of our own generational healing so that when my granddaughter's looking back at the 2020 pandemic, she'll say, this is where we started to turn the tide. And I say that on behalf of American Indian communities, but I I also hope that this rings true for African-American communities, that it rings true for other communities um, where we have had our own internment camps here in California and um, imprisoned our own citizens, that there is some acknowledgement of these historical injustices through this pandemic and for all health issues moving forward.
1: So something really interesting happened in the second meeting, which was, you know, less than a week after the first the the co chairs of the committee, California Surgeon General Nadine Burke Harris, and Dr. Oliver Brooks, he's the uh, medical officer at Watts Healthcare Corporation in Los Angeles. They said we heard you. We heard you. You talk about historic injustice, and we decided we really wanted to include that.
2: You know, our goal is to uh, is to make sure that that we. Uh, live out this commitment that we are giving access to the vaccine based on a framework that is based on safety, equity, and transparency.
1: They talked about how they wanted to use a new definition of equity.
2: You know, we, we went back from uh, uh, the definition of, of equity as simply everyone having a fair opportunity to really proposing additional language uh, that includes focused and ongoing societal efforts to address unavoidable inequalities, historical and contemporary injustices, and the elimination of health and health care disparities.
0: So how is the state going to use this new definition and, and do it and, and distribute the vaccine with this new equity lens?
1: That is the really big question. How do you do this? And Dr. Burke Harris even said that. We we agree on the what, but we don't yet know the how. It really remains to be seen how the advisory committee looks at historic injustice. In particular, you know, for these next groups. But we do have a, a sense of how they might go based on how they decided in the first phase. So, you know, looking at healthcare workers in California, there's two point five million healthcare workers in the state. The first shipment of vaccine that we're expecting to get is 327,000. And so they said, well, we're going to look at the location of the hospital and and we've decided we're going to focus on hospitals in low income areas first. That's a way of taking equity into account and recognizing that Folks in low income neighborhoods generally have less access to health care, to, you know, healthy housing, um, to healthy diet and to all these other socioeconomic factors that we know play into your likelihood of contracting the virus and your likelihood of getting really sick from it.
0: So is that the same way they're going to approach this next phase of vaccine distribution with essential workers?
1: They don't really have a plan. They're starting more from square one. And so and they're now bringing in this new definition of equity that includes historic and contemporary injustices. So it's not totally clear, you know, how they're going to do it this time around.
0: And I also feel like it gets really it can get really messy. I mean, there's so many ways you can look at who's most vulnerable over a generation, generations, decades, uh, centuries here in this country. So are there other groups of people represented in these meetings who are who are saying the same thing that, you know, they should be first in line because they've been mistreated or ignored by the U.S. government for so long?
1: Yeah, um, you know, disability rights groups. uh groups that represent farm workers. Uh, You know, I talked to Diana Telefson Torres and she's the executive director of the UFW Foundation and she was talking about all the structural inequities that undocumented workers face.
4: We have farm workers that we know are in their 60s and 70s who are still out working um, in the fields. And so even within the layer of farm workers, there are the most vulnerable of vulnerable of farm workers.
1: Undocumented workers were explicitly not included in the Affordable Care Act. And so, you know, you have farm workers who don't have the same access to health insurance, or they don't ha- which means they don't have the same access to health care, in addition to the fact that they're living and working in conditions that, you know, make them much more vulnerable to contracting the virus from her perspective, that's a reason that farm workers should be prioritized. They're providing this really important service to not just California, but the country and the world providing food. And if they have no place, you know, to get help, if they get sick, then they should get the vaccine so that they don't get sick.
4: Making sure that farm workers are protected, maybe be complicated because they live in rural areas more isolated regions Um, but due to the vulnerability um, and the inequity that has existed for so many decades we need to make sure that we are being um, as proactive as possible to come up with creative ways to ensure that farm workers have the type of accessibility that they deserve.
0: I mean, I'm curious, what are some of the challenges to applying an equity lens like this to California's vaccine distribution plan?
1: Well, legal challenges could be one of them. There are laws that say that, you know, the government institutions can't consider race in deciding things like public employment or public education. And while they don't specifically address public health, because of all the precedent that there is, you know, we can pretty much count on conservative groups challenging any kind of policy that explicitly shows preference for people by race.
0: And so can you give an example of how they might have to get around that? Because race is really front and center in all this.
1: What a lot of scholars talk about is how to focus on different socioeconomic factors that don't specifically focus on race, but capture race. So, you know, things like poverty, housing density, education, you know, working in essential jobs. And this is what we saw California do with You know, deciding to send the vaccine to hospitals in lower income neighborhoods. They use something called a social vulnerability index, which includes measures on a whole host of socioeconomic factors like these as a way of identifying where the greatest need is.
0: So, what happens after this community advisory panel figures out how to decide who will get the vaccine first with this social justice lens?
1: States are coming up with their own guidance, but they have to send it on to counties and it's actually going to be at the county level where these policies are implemented. And, you know, some of the folks who are on the the advisory group are concerned that, you know, maybe some counties in California won't be as interested in correcting historical injustice as others. And so, you know, whatever the plan is that California comes up with, There's no actual enforcement mechanism to make the counties do
0: it. I wonder if that means, you know, places like the Bay Area might be, you know, more likely to implement some of these recommendations than other parts of California.
1: I mean, even in the Bay Area, you know, San Francisco Supervisor Hillary Ronan just this week has been trying to pass, you know, a city ordinance asking the state to prioritize teachers (laughs) and so you can see that people people of goodwill can really disagree about how to do this when resources are scarce how do you pick and choose
0: how do you have tough conversations about who's been screwed over most and and rank and essentially rank it I mean that's what they're doing to, to some degree
1: I mean exactly How do you rank the kinds of, you know, social injustice that different groups have suffered over the years and over the centuries? How do you say the medical experimentation on American Indians was worse than what was performed on African Americans or or vice versa? How do you compare contemporary injustices to historical ones? you prioritize, you know, more recent injustices over historical ones or the other way around. How how do you make those decisions? And that really is the, the question that the committee has at, at this moment. How do we actually turn this into protocol and policy that that is fair and that is legal?
0: The advisory committee that's making recommendations on who gets prioritized for the vaccine will continue meeting for at least the next couple of months as vaccine distribution ramps up. On Thursday, Governor Gavin Newsom held a press conference where he reiterated that the state will be closely following who gets prioritized during vaccine distribution.
3: We will be very aggressive in making sure that those with means, those with influence are not crowding out those that are most
0: deserving of the vaccines. Thanks to April Domboski, a health correspondent for KQED. This episode of The Bay was produced by Erica Cruz Guevara, Kiana Mogadam, myself, and our editor, Alan Montesilio. We are news to keep you rooted, and we wouldn't be possible without our podcast leadership team. That's Jessica Blachek, Erica Aguilar, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Tobin Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadayama. That's it from us.
3: Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.